Was there an Adam? Was there an Eve? Or did we evolve from what we conceived? Either way, we got what was needed when the sun shone down on the Garden of Eden. Don't you know we're gonna have a solitopia, solitopia, solitopia. Don't you know we're gonna have a solitopia all over God's Well, we bit the apple and the garden was lost, so we had to work to pay the cost. So we went digging into the ground and started to burn many things we found. But oh yeah, we started to burn too many things we found. That's the wonderful Dara Williams <laughs> singing with the legendary Pete Seeger and uh, David Burns who wrote the uh, words for that song. Not the talking head guy, but uh, the great David Burns from Beacon, New York. This is the California Solartopia Show. I'm your co-host Harvey Sluggo Washerman. Uh, join with my erstwhile companion, uh, Myla Reeson. And uh, Harvey, let's not forget about the Rivertown Kids. The Rivertown Kids on that uh, uh, that uh, recording actually was on uh, Tomorrow's Children, an album that won a Grammy and, uh, and uh, hopefully winning hearts and minds all over the world to get us off nuclear power, shut Diablo Canyon and go to a green-powered earth. We've got, as always, a great show. Myra's in the studio. The rest of us are scattered around the world on Zoom, but here we are. Uh, we have Sakuru Fours, our our great uh, co-host as well, uh, somewhere in Los Angeles. Uh, Carl Grossman on Long Island, uh, one of the great uh, experts of all uh, the nuclear power industry and the movement to get rid of nuclear power and bring in a green-powered earth. And Tatanka Bricka, up in the great state of Santa Cruz, um, uh, who will be at the end of the hour, by the way, towards the end. Uh, Tatanka is very active with Danny Sheehan, Sarah Nelson, and the Romero Institute, at establishing a bureau in the federal government to deal with uh, what we used to call unidentified flying objects, which, which will now be an officially acknowledged phenomenon and recorded, discussed in Congress, and uh, put into the public record. Uh, Tatanka, what is the new acronym for um, unidentified flying objects? It's UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Okay. <laughs> well, um, that clarifies everything. Um, uh, but uh, we want to have you towards, we're going to have a big discussion here about Diablo Canyon energy and all, and our soaring electric bills, thanks to the stab in the back from Governor Gavin Newsom. And then Towards the hour, we're going to segue in and deal with our uh, uh, visitors from both inner and outer space. Um, I want to welcome Myla into the discussion. Um, Myla, what's what's happening with our electric rates because of Diablo Canyon and the California Public Utilities Commission um, uh, demanding that Diablo Canyon keep operating? Well, you know, uh, the Bay Area uh, NBC reported today that PG&E is now asking for a rate hike of a 20, an additional $25 a month for all rate payers in Northern California. And, you know, in Southern California, even if you do not get energy from uh from PG&E or electricity from PG&E, you still have to 
pay PG&E in order to keep the uh, the extraordinarily embrittled and um, um, dilapidated nuclear power plant, uh, the, the Diablo Canyon power plant, going. So they're asking for uh, an additional $25 a month from ratepayers up in Northern California to go up. That's just the first step in uh, rising electricity costs for uh, the sad, uh, for the people who have to uh, get their electricity from the criminal en enterprise, also known as Pacific Gas and Electric. Right. Pacific Gas and Electric, PG&E, which uh, owns Diablo Canyon, is uh, the only utility probably in the world that has been <clears throat> criminally convicted of more than 90 uh, instances of involuntary federal manslaughter. And uh, that's who we have running this nuclear plant. I want to go to Sakura Force. Just last week, within five miles of the two uh, reactor cores at Diablo Canyon, there was an earthquake. And um, allegedly it did no harm, but it was right there at Avila Beach. And uh, I... I I don't know how many warnings we need to have, but you know the big lie that nuclear power helps global warming is a lie. And now uh, because we did have a deal that was signed by Gavin Newsom when he was lieutenant governor to shut the two reactors at Diablo Canyon, and he has betrayed that trust and uh, uh, forced Diablo to keep operating. Uh, Tsukuro, you've also had a very large earthquake in your native Japan. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so the crazy thing was uh, the earthquake happened on the uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, 7.6 earthquake um, hit the uh, Ishikawa prefecture. So yeah, that's a pretty big one. And I saw the uh, devastation of uh, uh, the air drone photograph actually this afternoon. And But okay, so the crazy, crazy part of that is so last um, Wednesday, which is, I think, I believe, 27th, um, Japan actually lifted the safety ban on the world's largest nuclear power plant, uh, you know, which was offline ever since 2012, right? Uh, you know, 12, uh, 2011 accident, it, it became offline, and it hadn't been operating, but uh, Japanese government just approved, you know, uh, lifting a ban on the uh, largest nuclear power plant uh, in the world, actually, in the production volume. So that was just, you know, a few days ago. And then a few days later, on the 31st, this huge earthquake happened, uh, actually not too far from this, like, very uh, nuclear power plant, because um, the area that was hit heavily by the earthquake was Niigata Prefecture. So it's it's roughly, I mean, I wouldn't say the same region, but it's pretty close. Um, so... That's that's the thing about, you know, crazy thing about Japan. It's so seismic and uh, nuclear power plants shouldn't be operating in Japan. But, you know, um, the Japanese government is all uh, really in support of, uh, you know, starting up the uh, nuclear power plants once again. So, yeah. Well, it's insane. Isn't that Kashiwazaki? Mm -hmm. There were yep. seven, seven reactors in Kashiwazaki. And I got to tell you, I marched in Japan in 1978, in marches that said, do not open nuclear power plants because we could have earthquakes and, and tsunamis that will cause 
something like actually what happened at Fukushima. This this is no surprise here. Just mm-hmm. like there's no surprise at Diablo Canyon, which uh, for those of you listening who don't know, it's nine miles west. The two reactors are nine miles west uh, of uh, San Luis Obispo on the coast and um, um, the site of more arrests at any new, than at any other American atomic reactor site. So um, uh, for a global view, let's get Carl Grossman. Thank you for that, Sakura. And then we'll go to uh, um, uh, our local boy, uh, 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 Tatanka Bricka. But uh, Carl, you are in Long Island. You were a close observer of the COP uh, uh, gathering, which uh, why don't you tell us what happened there? It's pretty surreal. Absolutely. Uh, a farce. Uh, the uh, presiding officer, the president of this uh, annual United Nations conference uh, on climate change, uh, is also the chief executive officer of uh, the um, government-owned oil company uh, in the United Arab Emirates. And uh, he said, if we uh, get rid of uh, fossil fuel, uh, which uh, oil companies are quite responsible for, the burning of fossil fuels, oil and gas, the leading cause of climate change, we'd have to all go back into caves. I mean, this was his attitude. And then meanwhile, the nuclear industry moved into the uh, uh, into this scene, and uh, it put together a uh, with governments led by the United States government a proposal that to deal with climate change, we'd have to triple, triple the number of nuclear power plants in the in the world. There are now about 440, be well over a thousand nuclear power plants. Uh, this uh, ignores uh, the reality that nuclear power plants are not carbon free. Uh, the nuclear fuel cycle is uh, very uh, intensive in terms of greenhouse gases, the mining, uh, the milling, the enrichment in particular, and nuclear power plants uh, emit a radioactive form of carbon, carbon carbon-14. So the claim that nuclear power is an alternative to uh, 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 fossil fuels uh, and so forth, that would deal with climate change is just a lot of baloney. The other thing I really wanted to talk about, if I could, uh, this afternoon, folks in in California, is the editorial. This is the other side of the energy equation. How, uh, uh, well, uh, as Mark Jacobson recently wrote a book, uh, No Miracles Needed. No miracles are needed to provide all the energy we need, says Dr. Jacobson, who teaches at Stanford in his uh, in his terrific book, that safe, clean, green, renewable energy uh, led by solar and wind can provide all the energy we need. Nuclear power, absolutely not necessary. Meanwhile, speaking of solar and back to California, this is an editorial last week in the Los Angeles Times. Solar installations are plummeting, and California regulators are to blame, is the headline. Uh, The lead, the first paragraph of the story, it looks like California is going from solar leader 
to Solar Loser. And it, it goes on about an analysis by the California Solar and Storage Association found that the sales of rooftop solar systems in the state have dropped between 77 and 85% since April. Uh, again, from the editorial, undermining the solar rooftop solar market is the opposite of what California should be doing to combat climate change. The world recorded its hottest year in 2023 and is experiencing worsening storms, including I'm on the East Coast, but what I hear about California and weather in recent days is not good news. Heat waves and wildfires and other disasters. Uh, Yet last month, the five-member panel of commissioners appointed by Governor Gavin Newsom voted to slash solar incentives again. Uh, Also, it's pointed out in the editorial that the five members of the uh, panel are uh, appointees of Governor Newsom. Uh, Newsom, uh, this is the conclusion, and his PUC appointees should keep an eye on this alarming decline in solar jobs and, if it continues, intervene. But considering what Newsom has done with Diablo Canyon, which is, uh, speaking of outrageous, I've been in the area of Diablo Canyon, and the only thing that... uh, in terms of, of a kind of an industry, besides those two nuclear plants, are spas. There's spas all over the place <laughs> in that area. I mean, right. it's geologically hot. And let me just conclude by by noting that, well, as, as Dr. John Goffman, speaking of California, for years a professor at the University of California at Berkeley, uh, would say, he wrote a superb book, uh, a handbook to this day, Poison Power, Nuclear power requires a hundred percent, a hundred percent perfection, which humans are incapable of. And back to the East Coast, a plan was cooked up. We go back now to the early '60s to build a nuclear power plant in Ravenswood in Queens, just across the East River from Manhattan. And uh, Con Ed pushed and pushed and pushed. Finally, it was stopped by uh, anti-nuke folks in in New York City. A uh, law was introduced, a proposal for a law in the city council to prohibit the licensing of and the building of nuclear power plants within the boundaries of New York City. So Con Ed dropped that project in in Ravenswood in Queens. It was to be called Ravenswood 1. Well, what happened in the last couple of days? Right in that area in Astoria, which is a few miles from Ravenswood. And this happens rarely in New York. There was an earthquake, not like a six or a seven on the Richter scale, but a 1.4 earthquake, which shook buildings all over Western Queens and into Manhattan. Uh, Nuclear power is a danger on so many levels. And in recent days, uh, we've seen, and in recent weeks and in recent years now, we've seen example after example of of those dangers. Well, I'd like to point out, Carl, that um, the very first atomic reactor that was damaged by an earthquake in the United States was in Ohio uh, at the at the Perry plant east of Cleveland. I grew up in Ohio. You worked on newspapers in Ohio, Linda Seeley, 
is a native right near where the perinuclear plant is. And it, it was hit, it hit by a 5.0 earthquake. Whoever thought? And then again recently, again it was hit by an earthquake, as was the North Anna plant in Virginia. But, of course, everybody knows that uh, uh, Diablo Canyon is right in the bullseye of God knows how many earthquakes. And here we had last week, uh, uh, within five, within five, you could barely get closer, within five miles of the two radioactive cores at Diablo, we had an earthquake at Avila Beach. I'm sure Linda Sioux is out surfing at Avila when that happened and probably got some big waves. Uh, we're going to do, thank you, Carl Grossman, uh, offer of uh, Power Crazy and really one of the great figures in the safe energy movement worldwide. This is our first show uh, of the of the new year, California Solartopia. My co-host, Milo Reeson, is waiting by. I'm going to go to Tatanka and then Linda, and then we'll go to uh, uh, Milo to you, and we'll go round robin again. Tatanka Bricka is up uh, in Santa Cruz, and Linda Seeley is in Morro Bay, uh, both representing... Uh, very up close and personal, the movement at, uh, to shut the Abo. I will point out, as Carl pointed out, that our rates in L.A. are going up because of the Abo Canyon. We, we get, I'm in the DWP. We get zero electricity from the Abo Canyon. And yet Gavin Newsom, who signed the agreement to shut the reactors, um, ha- has forced through a bill through the legislature to make us all over the state, including L.A., pay for that thing. Uh, Tatanka, um, I'm sure you have very high electric bills where you are. Uh, fill us in on the latest, and then we'll go to Linda from the Mothers for Peace, and then back to Myla. Uh, just to upgrade a bit, uh, uh, I was Carol and I were uh, fire evacuees from the Santa Cruz Mountains uh, three and a half years ago. We live in Atascadero now, which is just um, a few miles north of San Luis Obispo. So the power plant is about 15 miles from our home now, and Linda and I are neighbors. That's the one great thing about about living in this area. <laughs> you know, you, you both have get together, and you you leave your cars running, and you both have track shoes. <laughs> there you go. Well, the only thing I want to kind of tack on with what has been so eloquently said by by Carl and by Sakuru is that this is really I, I kind of I, I struggle to find. The, the most concise description of this, but it's almost like a global conspiracy of too big to be responsible for an unsolvable problem of nuclear waste. It's like they're facing red ink. They're facing finally at the end of the lifestyle of these plants that become embrittled and have all kinds of problems. Not that there aren't problems from the beginning, but they just get worse. Right at the time when a model decommissioning at Diablo Canyon, which had been agreed by all parties involved, from labor unions to environmentalists to PG&E to the whole uh, cities and counties and the state government. Governor Newsom does this about face, I guess, to whatever, whoever spoke to him, uh, and then he positioned himself to uh, be the replacement for Biden in 24 or to run in 28 on his own. this is just an atrocity. It's like, I think they're facing red ink and they're just kicking the can down the road. And as what happened in uh, COP28 back there that Carl talked about, um, they're talking with 
you know, how wonderful it would be to get to carbon neutral by 2050. That's far too late, as we know, for everything. We need to be at, at, at zero, you know, within a few years. So this is an emergency way back. You know, we've known those of us in this room on this radio show now. This is we are in a state of emergency and there's so many emergencies going on that it's hard to get people to focus uh, sufficiently to create a movement to close this nuclear power plant and then to start responsibly as best as we can. There is no safe place to put the waste anywhere on Earth or anywhere that I know of in this solar system to do what we can. Well, it's mind boggling also as. Carl pointed out that the state under Gavin Newsom is simultaneously pushing nuclear power and killing renewable energy, yeah. as the L.A. Times. I was shocked to see that editorial in the L.A. Times, but it's quite brilliant, right on point. Why in God's name are we killing um, rooftop solar, which is the number one way to solve global warming? And by the way, there's just been a major lithium find in the Salton, Salton Sea. Lithium, which is a critically important um, uh, element in solar cells, but also in batteries. There now seems to be a very huge, uh, easily accessible reservoir of, of lithium in California. So, you know, that's another piece of it. Linda Seeley, you'll be followed by Myla Reese, and uh, you are uh, with the Mothers for Peace, and uh, you put out a, a uh, notice today to which I responded asking people to call of the legislature, one in particular. Can you explain what that's all about? Wait, you're muted. Hold on. We go through this all the time. There. Sorry. Um, Thank you, Harvey, for having me on today. Um, And it's great to see these other faces on this Zoom um, because we need each other right now. Um, This is, we're facing... We're facing something really big that I don't really quite understand uh, with Governor Newsom um, and PG&E and this effort to curtail um, solar power and to boost nuclear power in California. It's um, contrary to all of our climate goals in California. It It's almost... A suicidal kind of um, uh, action that they've taken, and I, I, I wish I could understand the source of it. Though we don't understand the source, we can do something about it as people, as <laughs> citizens of and voters, ratepayers of California. Um, we have sent Mothers for Peace has sent out an alert to all of our supporters to call Senator John Laird at 805-549-3784. He is our local state senator, and it is he upon whom all of this rests, because in our conversations with other state members of the state legislature, in an effort to reverse um, the legislation that kept, that ordered Diablo Canyon to be kept open, SB 846, that was passed 
in the wee hours of September 1st of 2022 um, that gave Diablo Canyon another five years of life. Uh, we, um, they wrote this legislation and that legislation had what they called off ramps on it. What it said was that there are certain criteria that have to be met in order for Diablo Canyon to stay online. Number one, that we need the power from Diablo Canyon. We don't. But guess what? We don't need the power from Diablo Canyon. Please go to the Mothers for Peace website, mothersforpeace.org, and um, look at our expert testimony about um, about uh, the need for the power from Diablo Canyon. It is absolutely false. We do not need it whatsoever. We have plenty of renewable energy, solar um, power, and battery backup storage to meet all of our energy needs. We have more than, way more than enough. Number two, the other off-ramp was that it is a decision that's prudent. The the absolute imprudence of this decision is almost beyond um, comprehension. They did not, um, there, there was no review. It was so quickly done and under so much pressure. They didn't, they didn't review the, the, um, not only the need, but but the the cost, which is going where it it's going to the public utility. I mean, the um, California Energy Commission itself, in its preliminary report uh, to the California Public Utilities Commission, that was uh, submitted to them um, in at the end of November, said that um, we. Um, It's going to cost Californians at least $6 billion on top of their bills that they have now to keep Diablo Canyon open for five more years. That is unbelievable. Um, and that that's only the beginning of it. They haven't analyzed the the absolute cost of it at all. And then there's the third issue. They have to have a safety review, which they have not done. And Mothers for Peace has found that we have, um, that there <clears throat> is a one of the reactor vessels in Unit 1, um, which is under a great deal of pressure uh, because that's where the um, nuclear reaction takes place at 5,500 degrees under tremendous pressure and high, uh, unbelievably high radiation levels. This pressure vessel is was built in 1967, and it has been running ever since 1984, and they have not checked the internals of this pressure vessel since the year 2003. They are required to check the internals of it every 10 years, but PG&E has applied for and has received um, uh, exemptions to checking the safety of the internals of that pressure vessel. 
And um, our expert on this matter, whose name is uh, Dr. Digby McDonald, who is a professor of materials engineering and nuclear science at Berkeley, has analyzed all of the documents that PG&E and the NRC have submitted about this particular pressure vessel. And he has found that it probably reached its limit of what they call ductility, meaning being able to uh, take sudden temperature changes um, back in 2021. And our um, uh, um, expert seismic um, analyst from Dr. Um, Peter Bird from UCLA has, after reading, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the documentation about the the earthquake faults around Diablo Canyon, has um, found that the two earthquake faults that run directly under the plant are most likely called vertical thrust faults, which means that if there was even a small earthquake on those faults, they travel upward and they cause way more damage than a vertical fault, I mean, than a horizontal fault. <clears throat> so if you put it all together, we have a nuclear power plant that's built on around 13 earthquake faults. The two faults that are right under the plant are vertical thrust faults. The, the reactor vessel of unit one is brittle. If they, if it had to be shut down in an earthquake and it had uh, the way they shut it down is by pouring cold water into it, into this very hot vessel. And you've seen, you've had that, everybody has seen that happen. Boom, it can shatter just like a glass. And if that happened, God forbid, we would have a release of radiation in California like that is even beyond Fukushima. There's no reason to have this nuclear plant. There's something fishy going on with California, with the governor, with PG&E, that they're that they're curbing nu or curbing solar. They want to keep nuclear. We've got to get our state legislators to write a law, just like they wrote a law two years ago or a year and a half ago to keep it open, we have to get them to write a law to shut it down. And so what I would like all of the, everyone who's listening to do, you can call Senator Laird. Unfortunately, when we called yesterday and today, <clears throat> the messages, the, the mailbox was full. Um, you can, but you can call your own state senator and state um, assembly member and tell them <clears throat> you want Diablo Canyon offline. You, you want to expand solar. This is an insane proposition that we're um, uh, living under right now. So if, uh, you know, go local, go to your own legislators, tell them they need to contact John Laird and tell him to write legislation and they will help him write legislation to shut this plant down. Thank you. Beautifully done, Linda. Thank you. 
so much. And I, I called uh, Senator Laird's office today, and they, you know, said the mailbox is full. I mean, what, who's this Uh-oh. guy working for? It's ridiculous. I want to go to Milo Reeson now. Thank you, all of you, uh, Sakuru, Carl, Tatanka, and Linda. This is incredibly important stuff for our, the first show of the year. Uh, uh, Milo Reeson, do you want to jump in, please? Hey, Seeley, hey, um, just in case people didn't have their pens and paper ready when the, you gave us that number before, I, I, I was able to write down 805, but I didn't get the rest of the number. Could you repeat that one more time so that people can sure. call um, Senator Laird and reach his uh, full mailbox? <laughs> they promised today, we sent them an email today, and they promised that they would clear the mailbox. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> plus, if you look online, Senator Laird has three offices, one in San Luis Obispo, one in Sacramento, and one in Santa Cruz. So I was thinking today, maybe those other two aren't full, uh, Sacramento and Santa Cruz. You can look it up online. But the number locally is 805-549-3784. That's 805. And now I can't read my handwriting. 549-3784. That's right. Great. Great. Thank All you right. so or much. Look him up online and email him in. Uh, Milo, you want to jump in and, and then we'll do another and, round? And absolutely. I want to jump in and I want to remind people to go to mothersforpeace.org. I mean, if you haven't been inspired by that tr- extraordinary report that we just got from Linda Seeley, um, I don't know what to tell you. But um, but please do act. It's so important. Um, you know, this uh, this war on solar, it, you know, I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, I'm re- remembering when uh, Ronald Reagan waged the war on solar way back when he became president and he removed the solar panels from the White House that had been installed by Jimmy Carter all those years ago. And we see time and time again how the apparently the fossil fuel industry and the nuclear power industry is so threatened by distributed energy, by p- energy that people don't necessarily have to rely on a big power company for, um, that uh, you can kind of understand where they're coming from. I remember reading about how um, Southern California Edison was uh, circulating a kind of a a private um, analysis of how uh, threatened they were by solar energy in in California. And, uh, you know, years ago, uh, not that many years ago, we saw the uh, operator of the Palo Verde nuclear power plant in Arizona spending tremendous amount of money. I think it was, you know, something like $10 million of ratepayer money to defeat a uh, statewide uh, ballot measure in Arizona that would have required government um, entities to install 50% solar in the state of Arizona. <clears throat> and and that uh, that ballot measure was defeated because the operator of the Palo Verde nuclear power plant in Arizona, by the way, we get a lot of electricity from Palo Verde here in Southern California. That's a whole other story. 
But this war on solar um, has many different skirmishes, and the current one now is that Gavin Newsom's California Public Utilities Commission is uh, is uh, uh, really making it um, uh, too costly. Well, not too costly, but but um, they're hobbling the uh, California solar solar industry, as as Carl was talking about earlier. So um, I just and, want to tell. Go ahead, Harvey, and then I'll respond. Well, we, Milo, you wanted to emphasize uh, that. Remember, we're on in L.A. Although we were shocked to see this very pro-solar op-ed in the L.A. Times, which means we're definitely making progress here. Uh, I do want to point out that Idaho this week uh, did a, something similar to solar, and they're they're really aiming at killing the rooftop solar industry. Um, there should be no rooftop in this country or most of the country that doesn't have solar panels on it. And in, and in California, we also want to cover the aqueduct with solar panels for a wide range of obvious reasons. So, Milo, if you'll yeah, so, tell people how they can support the station, and we'll so, go back to right. So, tomorrow. just give me the like um, we're getting the uh, the musical portion of our show from outer space and we will we'll be talking <laughs> uh, for the last 10 minutes about the amazing work Tatanka Brick has been doing uh, to um, uh, san- make sane our approach to people from uh, from afar uh, or at least from outside intelligence um, uh, Takuru Forza uh, what's the state of um, uh, solar in, in Japan and in your neighborhood you are an Angelino um, uh, and just give us a, a, a bit on that, and we'll we'll, we'll uh, welcome your comments. Um, you know, statistics-wise, I mean, I, I really actually kind of have to study up about Japan. Um, but all I know is uh, uh, there was actually very good documentary um, that was made like right after the Fukushima disaster. So this documentary filmmaker studied, you know, how um, how there was a conspiracy in Japan, kind of like it's just like here, the against the uh, you know uh, the solar power movement, or not even like not only solar, but really like uh, all renewable energies. And uh, his point, that the documentary filmmaker's point was, uh, he really uh, in his two films that he made, he established that uh, it's it's you know. Um, how it's like completely doable uh, and viable in Japan uh, to to be um, you know self sustaining with all renewables. You know we can I mean in Japan like they can really uh, you know use uh, not only like solar power but uh, uh, things like geothermal and also wave you know um, technology to uh, do the energy production and really do not have to uh, rely on nuclear power. 
So yeah, there are two documentaries that he made, you know, that's really good. But uh, unfortunately, because the Japanese government is so keen on, you know, uh, relying on nuclear power, uh, really, I don't think uh, in Japan, like people made uh, much progress in going solar, you know, unfortunately. And also, well, ironically, yeah. I mean, ironically, the one good thing that came out of Fukushima is that the 50 plus reactors in uh, Japan have been mostly shut since uh, 2011. And um, we have had, we just had, um, of course, we know that Germany is now post nuclear. The fourth largest economy in the world has shut all its reactors. And you all hear this and that. I hear they're burning wood, blah, blah, blah. In fact, it's very successful what the Germans are doing, transitioning away from nuclear power. Germany's not exactly a hippie farm. Um, you know, this is a, a very, as I say, the fourth largest economy in the world. California is the fifth. And we're front trying to figure out, um, uh, maybe Carl can tell us, what is it that is freaking out the energy industry so much about rooftop solar and about going green? Carl Grossman? Well, it's 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 a challenge that uh, clearly negates uh, any need any need for, for for nuclear power. That again, as as uh, Dr. Jacobson says, uh, no miracles needed. I mean, I'm sitting in a house in a quaint uh, Long Island community called Sag Harbor, a, a saltbox house, 150 years old, and above my head are 38 solar panels, photovoltaic panels, the meter on the side of the house uh, is going backwards all the time because we're <laughs> generating more electricity than than we use. And also on top of the house, uh, some thermal panels, which provide hot water to the house. And, uh, you know, what we have, everybody should have, uh, not depending on some uh, death machine uh, built and run by some uh, shady uh, utility, uh, we can we can generate again all the power we need through existing technologies. Uh, Jacobson, who uh, uh, talks about uh, solar, wind, and in fact, there's a big. Uh, just a, a few weeks ago, the first wind farm began operating off the East Coast, and more to follow: uh, wave power, uh, tidal power. Uh, geothermal power is. Uh, we, I did a documentary years ago um, on hot, dry rock. How below the ground in much of the uh, much of the planet, the rock is hot. And we went out to New Mexico, where uh, there was a, an experiment. The government was running an experiment, a model hot, dry rock facility, and it was quite simple. They they sent water down an injection pipe the water came up after hitting the hot dry rock hot as could be uh, a, a turbine was 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 uh, he, he was uh, in fact some of the scientists working on that project said hot dry rock they said could uh, produce all the uh, the energy we need and maybe hot dry rock couldn't but with solar and wind uh at the Renewable Energy Laboratory in Golden, Colorado, where I also did some TV work interviewing scientists there, you go to one division, the wind division, they talk about 
wind providing all the energy we can need. You go to the the solar division, photovoltaic, all the energy, and so forth. Uh, that's one good national laboratory, NREL. Yeah. Nuclear, right, uh, yeah, I've been there as well. And uh, it, it is quite amazing. I do want to point out that um, Ronald Reagan, the great enemy of solar, when he was governor, actually f- signed the California Environmental Quality Act, which Diablo Canyon is in violation of by not building uh, uh, cooling towers. It's outrageous. Carl, well, it's, great to have you with us. You know, Harvey, it's actually the uh, Federal Clean Water Act that, that uh, they're in violation of with respect to the cooling towers. But the way that they uh, violated the um, California Envir- Environmental Quality Act, or CEQA, is that they were uh, supposed to undertake an environmental review uh, when the uh, the lease of California title land was extended in order to keep uh, operating Diablo because the lease had run out. And at, that, at the point where right. they made the decision to... Uh, to renew the lease, uh, and only till 2024, actually, they're going to have to do it again. Um, at well, each of those junctures, they're required to uh, produce an environmental impact statement, and Gavin Newsom decided uh, when he was a, uh, a land commissioner not to require, not to uh, enforce CEQA. So time and time again, you know, I mean, uh, so, Diablo um, actually, is... Yeah. is is in violation of numerous laws and getting waivers to, uh, you know, to, not to uh, to operate the plant as they should. Well, Gavin, so Gavin Newsom is now less of an environmentalist than Ronald Reagan. Who would have thunk it? Um, we're we're going to go to Linda, and then we're going to end uh, with uh, Tatanka, who's going to take us into space a little bit um, uh, now that we've uh, messed up our own space here with Diablo. Linda Seeley, do you want to give us again the numbers and the, the contact for Mothers for Peace? Um, yes. Um, mothersforpeace.org. Very easy. Mothers for Peace. One word. Dot org. Go to our website. It's absolutely chock filled with interesting, informative, honest information. Um, our, the, uh, the authorities that we use to, for our, um, statements are based on fact, not on hope or superstition. So we, we have all of the data, all of the numbers to back up every single claim that we make about whether or not we need Diablo Canyon and about we don't. The we do not need Diablo Canyon. There, it's absolutely unneeded, and that is the biggest. No, it's not the biggest. Um, I'd say it's one of the biggest um, hoaxes that's been. Um, that I guess it's the power of advertising or the power of the meme or something that half the people I meet, even in this town right this small town where i live they say well we can't shut down diablo because we need the power and they this so they have bought this lie that they've been told um and so then we have to disabuse them of of that right. information so and we can't anyway. we can 
we can, in fact, shut these reactors. In 1974, Richard Nixon, uh, as Carl will remember, said there were would be a thousand nuclear reactors in the U.S. by the year 2000. In the year 2000, there were 104. Now there are 94, and we're counting them down. We got to get Diablo shut. So Mothers for Peace dot org. Call your state rep or, or senator. Get them to call Senator Laird, and let's get this done. I want to say sign off here with Carl. And Sakuru, thank you both very much, Carl Grossman, Sakuru Fors, and Linda Seeley from the Mothers for Peace. We will, of course, continue with California Solartopia on this theme. And now we're going to take a little break and go in with the great Tatanka Bricka. And uh, Milo, you'll pick us up when we need to sign off, if you would. Uh, Tatanka has been working for years on the issue of, um, well, Tatanka, you tell us, uh, what are we looking at here? in terms of this new government agency? Um, let me make a tie-in with what we're talking about. When we follow the money, it starts to be understandable. And we were getting at it, this fishy situation. Um, and uh, Milo was talking about it. Um, I learned from a friend of mine, a friend of a friend who was working at Stanford Research Institute in 1978 who created the futures department futures department there uh studying trends and um how to predict a future uh a program for predicting the future for governments and for corporations these are people that have 50 to 100 year plans and he told me that um this is in 1978 46 years ago that there had been this study done by Royal Dutch Shell, which was one of his clients, and uh, and uh, Exxon. Um, and I didn't know what the study was. Later on, it, I, we know now, in the, in the 70s, late 70s, it was the study where Exxon was determining uh, that climate, what climate change was all about. And they found, yes, it's real. Yes, it's human-caused, and they were the main culprits. Their solution to it well, first, their their analysis of it is that we maybe had from 2050 till 2100 um, to solve this problem. So they built a model, and they and I learned each decade what it was going to be like, um, starting with the idea that we would have a complete change of government uh, in 1980, and you wouldn't hear much about solar for the rest of this century. And I was a young person. We hadn't reached 1984 yet, and end of the century sounded like a long time. And then he said, by the end of the century, you're going to see deer running, TV ads, deer running through green forests. Those would be oil company ads. And uh, by 2010, Royal Dutch Shell is going to position themselves as the environmental oil company. And you're going to have all these great sounding funds that are all, you know, for renewable energy. And uh, they would be oil company money. 2020, he said, um, the oil companies agree with you, he said, uh, the future is solar, but not until 2020, when they will feather it into their plan. And at that time, they intend to own all the sources of energy. So we're in the consolidation of owning the future of all energy. And they may, they may be going off old plans, you know, and haven't updated themselves. I don't know what the reason for the lack of uh, alacrity and 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 keeping, you know, insisting on 
you know, nuclear going up and dumping fossil fuels in there. But these guys have long-term plans. Okay, I want to go back to the the, the question about UAPs uh, that Harvey posed and um, what it's all about. Um, you just got a couple minutes to talk us. So okay, do it. okay. Uh, I'll just make everybody knows the military-industrial complex where Congressional was taken out that Eisenhower warned about. I think we're facing that with energy, and we're facing it with the UAP, the, United, uh, the UFO ET issue. In the military and in the government, there are people that have known that other uh, people from other planets have been among us our entire lifetimes, and that there are secret parts of the government that we have paid for our entire lives, controlled by Boeing, Lockheed, Raytheon, etc., taking military budget, reverse engineering that, and it's in their interest, it's in their interest to continue to develop this so that they can deliver a nuclear payload from the United States to either Moscow or Beijing within about 90 seconds, that there will be no uh, warning for it. Now, fortunately for us, I don't think they figured that out because I think the two, two, uh, utilize a vehicle that goes at, uh, above uh, 30,000 miles per hour and can stop on a dime requires a physics that uh, our, our smart guys haven't been able to understand yet. They've sort of figured out that the, the control system is somehow uh, uh, psychic from the, from the people who, who are inside this. But anyway, uh, the latest thing, and what do I have, half a minute? Yeah, go. Yeah, okay. yeah. The latest is Danny Sheehan has been working within the Department of Defense for clients from the military, from the Air Force that have been dissed by their superiors, either in government or in the uh, military. And an agreement was come to and Biden signed an executive order over a year ago now, three days before last Christmas, ordering the Pentagon, all aspects of the military, the Defense Department, the Intelligence Network, and private military contractors to tone over everything they know about UFOs and ETs since January of 1945. They agreed to do that because they realized that the blame game had started, that the ETs, when the, when the nuclear clock goes one second closer to midnight, they swarm Moscow, Beijing, and DC to warn us once again to clean our act up and we're not listening, and now the blame game between governments is going. That's the reason why they agreed to, to, to for disclosure. The far right, with Matt Gates and the guys in, in Congress, tried to hijack the issue and tried to become the heroes a while ago. The reason for that was the, the Schumer bill that would create an office in the Congress to get all this information, and Danny Sheehan was responsible with others to create the civilian board to vet the information and then get it out to the public. They positioned themselves in a press conference saying they, the MAGA guys, wanted full disclosure, but this solution from the Schumer bill was delaying it. We don't need that civilian control, and we definitely don't need subpoena power, which was in that bill, to force, particularly Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, and the Boeing plant. Oh my Africa. God, Tatanka! You know what? We're running out of time. That's it. Tatanka will have to have you back. Come back later.
I will point out that, you know, this began in uh, January 1st, 1946, the day after I was born. So, of course, it all ties to my extraterrestrial experiences as well. <laughs> Sorry we'll about that. We'll have a future show on this. We'll have a future show on this. Um, Maya, do you want to? I've got to say, a- I was having a little bit trouble following, but uh, but we'll have to untangle all of this in a future show. And yes, thanks, absolutely. thanks to everybody for tuning in to KPFK ninety point seven FM uh, and listening to California Solartopia. And uh, please support the station eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. 985-818-985-KPFK or pledge online at kpfk.org and come back and listen to us next Wednesday for California Solartopia. Right, and don't forget we got to shut the Abel Canyon, go to mothersforpeace.org, call your Congress, your uh, state reps and senators to call Senator Laird, put in the bill that needs to shut the Abel and for God's sakes, save our solar uh, rooftop industry. 70 thousand jobs in california uh, one of the biggest employers in the state and they are trying to kill it let's not let that happen thank you everybody uh alaminsky and all the crew at kpfk we will see you next week in california solartopia, solartopia don't you know we're gonna